Media masters, mastering media. Ow! The internet changed due to technological advances, like the creation of the first browser, which impacted the usage of the internet and resulted in many social, economic, and political changes. Hey, I'm Aiden. I'm Lily. And I'm Ella, and we are your hosts of this episode of What's So Massive About Media, titled Internet Explorers Exploring the History of the Internet. This episode of What's So Massive About Media will cover the history of the internet in a timeline format. We will go through the invention of the internet, and the introduction of instant messaging, and the rise of social media, and the social, political, and economic impacts of each. We decided on these topics because we believe that these advancements are the most crucial to what the internet has become. Our main sources for this episode of What's So Massive About Media are Revolutions in Communication by Bill Koverick, Britannica, Media History, U-Idaho, USG, Visual Capitalist, Walden U, and In the Plex by Stephen Levy. As you are mindlessly browsing through the internet, do you ever think to yourself, how has the internet become this massive media, and has it always been? Let's find out. We will set up the scene for you. So, to start this story, we are beginning back in 1973 when the internet was first introduced with our good old pals Vinton Cerf and Bob Kahn. Here was their thought process. How could we display all the information in the world with the click of a finger? A decade later, we saw their plan take form when computers were finally able to communicate with each other. We do not really know how they did it, but we are so glad they did because this change allowed for a shift into the digital age, and it revolutionized a simple computer that could only communicate calculations to one that could tell more information based on an input. It would change society by letting any person be able to look up any single fact at any moment. This gives people access to any art, music, etc. that could not be seen or heard without going somewhere where it is performed. This puts, this puts less money in the art and music industry, which puts people out of work. This was a positive change in the aspect that any information can be accessed at any point in time, but is negative in the aspect that it affects the well-being of people that work in the industry in which it hurts. But before the internet was able to be available to everyone, there had to be softwares and browsers created to uphold the process. Windows by Microsoft fulfilled this need in 1985 and the World Wide Web in 1991. So, technically, we have had WW dot since the 1990s. Yeah, and our friends Sir Tom Timothy, John Berners-Lee was the founder. Sir Timothy was born into the internet. Yeah, fun fact, his parents worked on the first ever computer. And, fun fact number two, time jump! By 2015, 3 billion people were using the internet and the World Wide Web. So, what exactly did Lee do for the World Wide Web? Well, Lee created a protocol based on Ted Nelson's hypertext ideas called Hypertext Transfer Protocol, or as we know it, the four random letters at the start of a website name. Wow, I never thought about what HTTP stood for. Yeah, that is pretty neat actually. What else did he create? Oh yeah. Lee also had the idea of the Universal Resource Locator, or URL, circulating around, which helps locate web pages. And the first website program could read pages with special commands and bring pictures into the browser window. Yes, and HTML, or hypertext markup language, was most commonly used. The World Wide Web was originally intended for scientists for the exchange of charts and other graphic data for more efficiently than before. Until 1993 when the internet was introduced to the public and made easy to access. Woohoo! Let's throw an internet party! Haha, <laughs> maybe next episode. So, in, so the European Organization for Nuclear Research put the web into the public domain, 
In other words, giving access to the public. This allowed any regular person to access the information that was before only available to the scientists and the elites. The first popular web browser was created in 1993. The web browser was known as Mosaic. Mosaic could run on software such as Windows, Unix, and Mac platforms. It came with navigation buttons and seamless graphics plus a server software. Mosaic and other web browsers allowed anyone to publish virtually anything, revolutionizing international and local communications. Now, this and the internet becoming a public platform made and continues to make jobs for people to work in ISPs, or internet service providers. Also, side note about ISPs, they are not responsible for liable, obscenity, threats, copyright violations, or invasions of privacy from third parties. Yes, we always need to keep this in mind when thinking about our political rights on the internet. Stay safe out there. So, the first large-scale ISP was called CompuServe. It was extremely expensive, you know? Yeah, one hour online every day would cost over $100 a month. Another ISP also took off around 1993. This was called AOL, also known as American Online. It was successful from the beginning because it gave an easier way to connect to the internet for the consumers. The internet of subscribers to AOL went from half a million in 1993 to around 27 million in 2000. Time jump! Okay, our next event on the timeline is the introduction of Internet Explorer by Microsoft in 1995. It quickly became one of the easiest and fastest ways to access information. It had over 11 different versions between the invention of the browser and in 2013. Time jump! Microsoft was accused and sued for a monopoly over browsers. They lost the lawsuit, but the case was overturned. Speaking of losing... In 1997, Reed Hastings lost some money because he was fined. For not returning a movie. Is that a joke? No, actually. This is where the inspiration for Netflix came from. Before, as I am sure the television and cinema episodes have informed you, the creation of Netflix was a big change in our society because it introduced on-demand movies, documentaries, shows, basically anything you can imagine playing. This turned out to be a very successful industry later in time. And, fast forward, by 2013, Netflix was bringing in $4.37 billion in revenue and providing an on-demand video movie service that had become a threat to the major cable providers. For just a small monthly rate, you can watch anything on that platform. Also from Netflix, many other streaming services that we know today, such as Hulu, Disney+, Plus, and others, have come about. However, we will not be going into depth about these other streaming platforms, hence the impacts of each are all similar. Also, in 1997, the idea of news blogs was created. The term weblog was coined by John Barger that same year. These were focused on technical subjects. Then, in 1998, Jonathan Dube became the first journalist to blog an event. Also known as the first news blog. Jonathan's news blog focused on Hurricane Bonnie for the Charlotte Observer. Now, this guy Jonathan is a pretty cool dude. He is an award-winning leader and an inventor in digital media. He has built and run major digital media business for AOL, CBS Sports, Disney, CBC, William Morris Endeavor, IMG Worldwide, and served as president of the International Online News Association. Plus, he has built and run sports, news, lifestyle, entertainment, local, mobile, video, video, commerce, subscription, and transactional digital businesses. Whoa, that's a lot. Yeah, I wonder how he had the time for all that. No clue, but his work led to the Open Diary created in 1998. This allowed for bloggers to comment on other bloggers' writing. And we see the progression of where this started now. 
Yes, so we see this in comments on other people's Instagram posts, ratings and reviews on websites, feedback to creators, and in many more instances. That is pretty cool how the open diary concept was open back then, so that we could do the things we can today. But next up on the timeline is the creation of Google. This was also 1998. The idea was introduced by Larry Page and Sergey Brin. Google was supposed to display more information in an easier format. Yeah, and I think they were pretty successful at that. However, Google was a bit scandalous in their work environment. What do you mean by that? Well, I think she's talking about the secrecy Google's employees were forced to keep. Yes, that is what I'm talking about. What? Yeah, so Google made their employees swear secrecy to never speak on how Google is run. Yeah, exactly. That's strange. Yeah, I know. Anyways, this gave politics a platform to speak on. Even big-name presidents like Obama use Google in this way. All people could see the information on Google, so this helped promotion significantly. Obama liked Google's hiring process. So, he put some of the process in the government. Yeah, like the presidential election process. The implementation of this browser also provides millions of jobs for citizens. I heard that they employed over 1.2 million people. Wow, that's crazy. Revenue also comes in through advertisements. These promote individual businesses. It gives money to everyone involved in the ad. Super helpful. Would you believe that it gives money to another group of people too? No way. Yeah, they give money to ISPs as well. Since the users need the internet to access it, they have to pay the internet service providers. And from this comes more and more jobs for the community. Socially, Google has done a few different things for our society. We can see Google's influence in today's day and age. Firstly, some big leaders in America have shifted their ideas to that of the internet. Obama's vision was eerily similar to that of Larry Page and Sergey Brin. In their claims of how Google would ride on the shoulders of the internet to make the world a better, more egalitarian, and more empowering place. Secondly, it has brought the world together. It gives new access for people to express themselves. It also makes communication easier. Even from across the world. And for free. As long as you have service. And this is exactly what Murray Toroff wanted for the world. He achieved this by coming up with instant messaging services. Although there were many attempts at this in the past, Murray had the most success in his idea for the industry in 2001. The first successful platforms for instant messaging came from companies such as Apple, ICQ, AIM, MSN, and Yahoo. This was a competitive industry. Instant messaging became available to millions. To be exact, 30 million messages were sent per month. It improved the technology of the internet because it allowed the people to communicate with each other instantaneously and without delay. Instant messaging also gave even more jobs to ISPs. For messages to be sent faster and more efficiently, modems had to be created. In 2004, DSL, Digital Subscriber Line, modems became commercially available. Um, what are those? Well, they can transfer millions of bytes of information every second. They are basically our modern-day Wi-Fi routers in our homes. Ones that require a subscription. Speaking of subscribers... Perhaps the most influential change in the Internet's history was... Drumroll, please. Social media. Yay! Some of our biggest social media platforms came about in this order. Facebook in 2004 by Mike Mark Zuckerberg. The Harvard student. YouTube in 2005 by Steve Chin, Chad Hurley, and Jod Karim. Twitter in 2006 by Biz Stone, Evan Williams, and Jack Dorsey. Instagram in 2010 by Kevin Systrom. 
Snapchat in 2011 by Evan Spiegel, Bobby Murphy, and Reggie Brown, and finally, TikTok in 2016 by a Chinese company called ByteDance. Facebook is the adult's version of Instagram. YouTube, the new form of entertainment. Twitter gets a bit on the political side. Instagram, where the kids post their amazing, perfect lives. Snapchat is the new and improved instant messaging service. And TikTok, well, we will get into that later. All these platforms combined have allowed people to express themselves in ways they couldn't before. This has come with good and bad implications. Starting with Facebook, it became popular quickly. By 2015, it had about 1.4 billion users. And was the second most visited website in the world, right behind Google. It was one of the first apps to have this idea of sharing and creating content with everyone around the world. Next up on the list is YouTube. It's used for entertainment, politics, and a career for the influencers. It was the first major platform to make your worth based on your follower base. And we mean that quite literally. Families, individuals, pets, and kids make up to millions of dollars based on their shares, likes, and subscribers gained from each video they create. Anyone, literally anyone, could do it. It also, over time, has become another streaming service. Not to mention all the presidents that have used it for their campaign promotion. YouTube became the communications platform of choice for candidates. This made speeches and campaigns available to a wider scale of people. YouTube is free to anyone who can access the internet, meaning that any person that has access to YouTube has the chance of seeing a campaign from a person running for office. This gives the candidate an advantage if they have a presence on the site. This change is positive for the candidate and its advantage to their support. However, it may be a negative change for some of the community if they have no interest in seeing the advertisements. From one political platform to the next comes Twitter. Twitter is solely people saying their opinions about anything at any time. As some of you have probably heard, some politicians maybe haven't used this platform in the best ways. We have seen how their opinions have reflected onto others. But we are not the ones to be getting into this topic. So, moving on to Instagram. This app is a way for kids to show others what they are up to. Also, people build up their businesses and social statuses. There are also some political actions on the app. Yes, through social media platforms, especially Instagram, different peaceful protests have been started from people who want to stand up and form for what they form together for what they believe in. These movements have bonded and broken communities. Honestly, that is pretty much all Instagram is. So true. Yeah, so moving right along to Snapchat. Snapchat enables people to communicate with each other all over the world through messages, pictures, and stories. It's also a form of entertainment. Um, like Instagram, Snapchat is just what it is. There's not much more to it. However, the final social media platform that quite literally has broken the internet... TikTok. Everyone loves TikTok. There's nothing not to like about it. Everyone has their own personalized algorithms on the app. Your For You page is customized to adhere to your likes and dislikes. It has also become a collaborative database between influencers where they can create content for their viewers. These viewers also allow these influencers to make money from sponsorships and advertisements along with just views and followers. From TikTok, we have seen cancel culture, trends ranging from fashion, dancing, food, strange filters, etc. and the rise and fall of huge influencers. We have gone through the positives, but there is always another side to every story. That side being issues with mental health and infamous, disreputable influencers. The content that the person uses and posts can be fun and interesting, or it can be dangerous and illegal. 
If people decide to follow the bad influences, then the impact is negative. Multiple studies have also found a strong link between heavy social media and an increased risk for depression, anxiety, loneliness, self-harm, and even suicidal thoughts. However, with that being said, these social media platforms have also brought many groups together to become more positive and have a better influence on society as a whole. Social media is constantly changing and ideas are continuously flowing. And who knows what the future holds for the internet? The internet changed due to technological advances, like the creation of the first browser, which impacted the usage of the internet and resulted in many social, economic, and political changes. The internet has gone from a process that only included simple calculations and graphs for specific people, to a community involving everyone in society. We are now able to communicate via email, text, through social media, calls, and video calls. The world has come together through these changes and has become a better communicated place. We now see the opinions of many we have, have influenced how the internet is now. We, in fact, have seen how the internet is a massive media. See you next time. And now we are signing off. See you, internet. Thanks for listening. Media Masters! Bye-bye, media. Ow! Who's there? <laughs> is that... Yeah, you heard that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, I need you to move. What was that?